0: The Around the NFL podcast sees the game of cornhole as a metaphor for life.
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by New Era. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenblum. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hello. 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 Pushed the show back a day to make sure all the heroes were together. I was hoping we'd be celebrating a regular season title for the Shield. Mm. Uh, after um, last night, but uh, meh, instead, another huge disappointment. <laughs> um, well, strike three, you're out. Exactly. It was one of the worst softball performances I've ever seen. The playoffs start next week. We're in the playoffs, uh, but uh, we lost 17-2. to two. <laughs> It's
2: hard to score only two
3: runs in softball, but it's good. I, I look at it like we got that game. It's better we got it out of the way last week. All we got to do is win two games, and then suddenly it's glory.
4: One observation with your team, having been to fewer games this year in the, than in the past, but right. I saw one game where, and we talked about this before the show, where I was walking around calling you the 89 Niners because you looked that powerful. Like, the ceiling was very high. But then in other games
2: like last night,
4: the volatility of the team seems to be a season-long issue.
2: Well, two two big factors there. The strength of the opponent, you saw the worst team in the league. Last night, okay. <laughs> last night we played the number one seed in the tournament, and the second thing is whether we're at full strength or not. We were missing a couple of key people last night.
1: It's been a very difficult season, <laughs> um, uh, despite our seven and five record, which is fine. Um, as the manager of the team, between uh, Wes's illness, um, some issues with. Uh, Drinking and drugs with the team. <laughs> Whoa, uh,
3: like the '86 Mets. Yeah, we're like the uh, the '92 Cowboys. And
1: It's true. Legal troubles. Uh, people showing up late. Uh, like I said, people showing up intoxicated. Uh, I'm I'm not having a lot of fun this season, and this is one of those things where I, what I need to do is get to the end of the season. It happens to everyone if you follow sports. It happens to every manager, coach. They think to themselves, "Let me get through the season." And kind of reassess where I am. Mm. And I'm very much in that place as the skipper of the Shield as we enter the playoffs. Um, my heart and soul is in it, but I don't know how much longer my heart and soul could be in it. And. <laughs> Breaking news? Not ready to break anything yet. But, Wes, I think you hit the nail on the head before the show. What we need is some, you know, a little come to Jesus moment with several of the roster members. Let's be honest.
2: Well, I. I've been playing softball for 25 years, and every team I've ever been on, almost every team that every softball team has, the philosophical difference, are we playing for fun or are we playing to win? And the manager's job is to make as many happy, as many of the people on the team happy as possible. You don't answer to the one person making waves. You answer to everybody. So if most people want to win, you try to do that. If most people just want to have fun, you try to do that. We have a mixture of both, so it makes it makes it complicated.
1: Well put. Greg?
2: I'll just say, you know, those teams, 86
3: Mets, those Cowboys teams, sometimes all you got to do is you get to the dance, you get in the big games, and then, all right, there's been issues. There's Talking been about flipping a switch. I'm just, I'm not, yeah. talk, I'm not flipping <laughs> a switch. Winning, you know what's fun? You know what'll make you have fun as a skip? Winning two games and winning a title. And yeah. that, that's doable. Yeah, great I mean,
1: story. That's doable. How about the team catching the ball? <laughs> that would make me happy. How about. Hitting a double, which we didn't have yesterday. We didn't have a single double? We'd ha- we had zero extra base hits. <laughs> oh, my God. So let's. They were throwing underhanded. Let's, let's you know, the flipping the switch. Greg is the rookie on the team, and, and you have that rookie boyishness to you. Where
3: No, I know what sports are like. We got a chance. We've literally beaten the two teams that are in the playoffs with us. We've beaten them. So we are capable of winning those two games. That, Gr- that's it.
2: To Greg's point, the team that we beat in the championship last year was better than any team we played this year. I like the optimism
4: from Greg.
1: I, it, it's your a little job exhausting. Is, your job Greg's is, optimism is a little exhausting. That's not your job, but it's, but the, he's a it's rookie. good to have
4: a voice like that. That's though, the
1: rookie. I'm the grizzled veteran, and I appreciate Greg's optimism, but sometimes it grinds me down. I
4: mean, all these tiled, tired managers, they get to go to Hawaii for three weeks and ponder their future. You get training camp and the busiest <laughs> time of the year to ponder that. Exactly,
1: which is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, with training camp now, what a week away, basically. No,
3: it it literally started today. For the Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals have shown up for full team practice, which starts tomorrow. Cowboys will be there tomorrow.
1: But I mean, like the league wide, where everybody's in the Rest, of the, in rest of
3: the league, Correct. end of next week. It's All right. Crazy. So,
1: so what we're gonna do today is, uh, you know, start to take a peek at the beginning of a new season. That's what I really like. Personally, when get to training camp, that's the new season. And all this other OTA stuff and mini camps, they get covered exhaustively now by the media. In the old days, that was just, you know, it's just part of, like, those teams are going through their motions. But now we cover that like it's part of the 2017 season, which it kind of is. But for me, now we're getting to the new season. It's time. It's going to be fun to have new stuff to talk about. And that's going to happen soon. We're not there yet, though.
3: I think more legitimate... Information comes in the first week of training camp than the than the previous four months combined.
1: Allelu. True. So we're going to play uh, one of our favorite games. What's more likely, training camp edition uh, today? Also, we have a surprising amount of news to get to. So uh, a lot of good stuff to talk about, guys. Today, as we put that loss in softball behind us, and we try to have a you know a winning podcast. Mark,
4: let's let's attempt it.
1: I'm not against that idea. Never
3: heard it. Of- I've never heard my positivity being called exhausting. Wow.
2: <laughs> How That's dare a, you be listen, happy?
1: Okay. It's it's been a tough season for Skip, and I'm not saying I'm being rational. It's been a long season. I Going
4: third you. person I there too. I think yeah. things we're on a whole new level of self-referential comments at this point.
1: Let's do some news. So. You're living in the past, man. You hung up on some clown from the sixties, man. Uh-huh. A lot of feedback about Bozo the Clown. I am stunned, Wes. I could imagine you um, sitting in front of a big black and white TV with your Cowboys and Indians figures watching Bozo the Clown. You said you had no idea who it was. A lot of people were surprised.
2: I mean, I know that Bozo is a clown. I didn't know there was a TV show. And, I mean, I hear from Twitter that it was on WGN. The Wesleyan family did not have cable television, microwaves, (laughs) call waiting. We didn't have any of that stuff in the 80s.
1: The Weslings didn't have a call waiting? No, my dad thought it was rude. I don't know if it's a true story or just a joke, but for some reason in my, in my mind it's a true story. Is the story you told about all the boys being in the basement and like a piece of steak being thrown down the stairs once. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told this story. I think you told that story. <laughs> all right, let's start with uh, a nominee uh, for the Team of ATL. How about that? Team of ATL. Not an official nominee. We'll get to Get to that, but I'm just as a team in the Los Angeles Chargers that have been bandied about, um, and it, it's kind of funny. Well, not funny. It's, it's a bummer, I would say, for many people uh, connected to the team that Mike Williams, the team's wide receiver uh, that was drafted in the first round, number seven overall, is likely to start camp on the pup list following a second epidural on the her- herniated disc in his lower back. Uh, Mike Garafolo said that the former Clemson star uh, resumed running this week and is feeling better after the second procedure uh, it was first reported by ESPN. Uh, Rap sheet um, reported that back surgery was on the table for Williams three or four weeks ago, uh, but now um, they are hoping to avoid that with Williams improving. I, I, I said that it was um, kind of interesting because we were just talking about the Chargers and how they always seem to have this loaded roster and then, they get ticked off one by one, just mm-hmm. get picked off, and now Mike Williams is hurting. Greg, your thoughts when you saw this? They are the most unlucky
3: team when it comes to injuries in the NFL. The Football Outsiders site does a stat called Injury Games Lost or Adjusted Games Lost, which you know basically determines who's lost the most games out of starters. They have been 26th or worse for five straight years in that category. That's insane. In the last two years, I believe, was 31st and 30th or something like that so that is very unlucky that being said Mike Williams was not a starter I think he was going to have to really work hard to have a role obviously you'd love a top 10 pick to to be a big time factor but they are very deep at wide receiver this just gives them less
2: you know room to have another injury I mean every time a wide receiver catches the ball just about he gets hit a herniated disc is not ideal for a wide receiver. It's very for serious football. for him, for
3: Mike Williams. Like, And, and
2: you have to wonder if, if the Chargers knew this, if they knew it was still going to be an issue in August or late July, would they have drafted him? No. I
4: mean, it feels like they didn't know about this when they drafted him. He came to the team with this first rookie minicamp practice he gets hurt. And, yes, they are deep at wide receiver. But you're absolutely right. With last year's Chargers decimated by injury, they still scored over 400 points on offense. They could easily score 450-plus this year, and it's just a shame. You'd like to see them. You go out and you make this pick. Last year, they didn't have Bosa all summer, and it was a huge deal, and then he came back and he dominated. It's hard to imagine that with this kind of an injury for a wide receiver. And we've
3: seen it with first-round wide receivers in recent years who don't get on the field in the offseason. Even if he gets ready, it's like, is he really going to be a factor? Josh Dotson was one. Kevin White was another. Like, it's hard for them to catch up.
1: Um, Bad luck is obviously – uh, one way to put it, put it, but is it possible also that the Chargers, organizationally, maybe they're not doing something right? This is happening every single They've, year. What's the other they must have looked into this because possible.
4: that kind conditioning now is is gone into new scientific realms. If they're behind on that level, it's their own fault. But I would imagine they're researching this endlessly.
3: Their their trainers had some some... Uh, Red flags over the years in terms of negative news. Well, that's true. It changes. So
1: I don't know. It's not working. Whatever's going on. Um, The good news uh, in the wide receiver core for the Chargers is that Keenan Allen is healthy after suffering that ACL injury last year. And Philip Rivers was on uh, the Rich Eisen show last week and had this to say uh, of Keenan Allen. He looks like himself. I really think he looks just as good as before he got hurt. Should I sound the trope alert? I think it's worth it.
0: Trope alert. Trope alert. That trope is on alert. the,
1: the uh, trope, alert. trope glossary, by the way. Veteran X declares he's more explosive than ever after suffering, suffering devastating lower body injury, which is more or less what Keenan Allen went through. Uh, they need him to be Keenan Allen of old.
2: Well, Philip Rivers also said you'll see the same guy trot out there as last September. And, and- – just under two quarters of the season opener, he toyed with Marcus Peters, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Keenan Allen was a legitimate number one receiver before that ACL injury. They 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 need him.
3: I mean, now I've been talking about all this depth, but it sort of has to like Tyrell Williams works kind of as a number two. Benjamin works as a number three. You got the two tight ends. Allen is the key to it. If he if he gets hurt again, then suddenly they're not that exciting that receiver.
1: Uh, moving on, the Panthers they're. General is he an interim general manager? Marty yes. Herney. Yes. yes. Still a little weird though.
4: I find they it very. Str- I find it very odd.
1: Fired him, replaced him, fired the guy they replaced him with, and now brought him back.
4: Yeah. You know, Especially when he New was. York stuff. He was
3: essentially a punchline when he got fired last time around.
1: Created
4: party. total cap hell, and now it's oh well we're we're going back to the culture that we long for under Marty Herney. It's like <laughs> within three days suddenly Gettleman David Gettleman is turning into this villain. How about the guy that actually got you out of cap hell and made one great draft pick after the next? We're going back to Marty Herney.
1: Going back to your ex. Anyway, so Marty, the ex, is is back in the house. He's living in in the um, spare bedroom, looking to wake his way back to the regular bedroom. But on uh, uh, but in his now capacity as interim GM, he struck a deal Thursday with uh, contract year guard Trey Turner, um, and it's a four-year deal worth $45 million with $20.5 million guaranteed, according to Rap Sheet. Uh, that is a uh, very good money. Uh, your thoughts on this, Mark Selsor? You wrote it up on NFL.com.
4: I did. With Connor Orr on vacation and Kevin Patra leaving early for a bachelor party, the heat has been put on the news writers who have been not <laughs> had that kind of a uh, workout in a while. So How about I, Jeremy
3: Bergman picking up the slack early this week. Oh morning. yeah, Bergman Berggo, doing great. Bergman valuable. doing
4: a great job. I mean, this is this was one of Gettleman's many. You know, head contract headaches to try to figure out. This wasn't. You have to resign this guy. He's a two-time Pro Bowler, young player. They also have another guard, Andrew Norwell, that they've got that, that whose contract runs out at the end of the
2: year. And it's now now it's your deal, Herney. You deal with it. Why were the Panthers in cap hell when Marty Herney was fired and Dave Gettleman arrived? Because Herney paid solid starters as as the best players at their position. Trey Turner is getting paid like one of the best guards in the NFL. He's a he's a very solid starter. But do you have to pay all of your starters better than any other players at the, those positions? I mean, okay. is Herney just like dancing around
4: the building like, I'm back. I'm going to put big checks out. <laughs> Mark's <laughs>
2: dancing right now like a <laughs> robot.
4: Well, it's like it's less than 24 <laughs> like, hours into his yeah, new every, uh, run like, with the team. Everyone's just got to get paid.
3: Trey Turner's at least young and is a good starter so that, you know, it, it makes – some sense to me all the panic though about a Gettleman this is Gettleman's team I mean he put together he took some chances on the offensive line uh in terms of his left tackle signing with Khalil and like the offensive line was really the key to them falling apart last year. like this is his team there's not really much for Herney to do other than hand out some money right now but like the 2017 Panthers what I'm trying to say is like that's the team Gettleman built and it looks pretty good I think
1: uh Herney's doing a lot of work Uh, In addition to getting the deal done with Turner, the team announced – is this just a timing thing, or did this guy get into office and immediately was like, I must do everything. Yeah, I think it's like, let's sign 14
4: bills in the first 24 hours type of president move.
1: (laughs) The team on Thursday announced the release of veteran offensive tackle uh, Michael Orr. uh, A failed physical designation frees up some money under the cap. uh, Orr missed most of last season. He suffered a concussion in week three. He tweeted out – and this is kind of a a, – Frightening tweet from, or the brain is a scary thing. You have you have to be careful with it. Uh, so this could mean uh, the end for the blindside star,
3: a guy who, if not for that movie, would just be, you know, another tackle that we probably didn't talk about that much. But he will go down kind of in history because of that. Because of that movie, like it. It really sounds like a guy that's made that much money, and he's made a good amount of money in his career. Would you would think would just. Retire because he's had concussion problems for what nine months now. Yeah, yeah he I mean that's played a, a couple
2: games. Last that's year. a long. I
3: mean, but it's Three still games. happening now. He's still talking about seeing lots of doctors. He's taking tons of medicine. He sent these things. He sent these out on Instagram, and I, I can't imagine he's going to want to play again.
4: Yeah, and to that end, it wasn't. This isn't something that Herney cooked up out of nowhere. I think that either, Ron Rivera said months ago that they kind of had a plan for, or
1: uh, moving on. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals and uh, Coach Bruce Arians. Uh, who has a quarterback in Carson Palmer who obviously struggled um, for much of the beginning of last season before turning it on in the back half of the season looking a lot more like the guy uh, who almost won the MVP in 2015. Anyway, Arians was on the Rich Eisen show last week, and this is what he had to say about Palmer, who uh, offering an explanation why the quarterback might have struggled uh, in the early going last year.
0: He's one of the hardest-working dudes I've ever been around. We had to really pull the reins back on him. He'll overwork all the time. Last year he kind of came in in September, had already worn his arm out by overthrowing all summer. And we found a nice regimen November, December. He was playing
1: as good as he's ever played. Uh, Chris Wessling, do you buy into this, or is it more just kind of an excuse that the coach is making Mm -hmm. for his veteran quarterback?
2: I do buy into it, and and this isn't really the first time. Mark wrote an article earlier this offseason where Carson Palmer was talking about how his arm felt fresher this year because he took March and April off of throwing. I think that was one of the reasons last year when we, we watched Carson Palmer in September and October and said he doesn't look like the same quarterback this year. Part of the reason was because John Brown was injured. Michael Floyd was dropping every pass thrown to him. The offensive line wasn't protecting him. That was part of the reason, but I think physically Carson Palmer wasn't right last year at the beginning of the season. Palmer said he, you know, admitted that he spent the last eight or nine
4: years of his career acting like he was 24, 25, or 26 mm. and not adjusting that that arm workout schedule. I only wonder what his, car- his career has been fine, but what, what would be for Carson Palmer if he had actually installed this a little earlier in terms of his offseason regiment certainly
2: didn't hurt him in 2015 right or if he oh. had
3: found Bruce Arians earlier right. yeah I, I in the book in Arians book which I recommend was really good the quarterback whisper he, he talked about this same thing of making mistakes with having Palmer throw too far he also pointed out he was putting together his perfect quarterback uh, among basically all the quarterbacks he had ever coached, and you know he's coached Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, Kelly Holcomb, <laughs> Kelly,
4: <laughs> he loves Kelly Holcomb. Yes, Ke- he does. Kelly
3: Holcomb in the, in the mix. Ben Roethlisberger, of course. And he said, you know, the perfect arm is Carson Palmer. So even compared to those other guys, he he said the perfect arm is Carson Palmer. That's the best arm guy he's ever coached. But
1: to draw par- high praise, yeah, to draw a parallel to our softball team, <laughs> maybe the issue with is having an old quarterback is you get to a point where everything has to be perfectly in place for the guy to be the guy you need him to be. Just like our softball team, you take out one piece and we Mm -hmm. fall to hell. So Carson the whole Palmer.
4: team is a quarterback in this? In, sure. Okay.
1: But m- the <laughs> point being that Carson Palmer, he's got to be throwing correctly. He needs to get the protection. He's got to watch out for his knees. These are the things you have to concern, be concerned with when your quarterback's almost 40.
3: Absolutely, but he played great down the stretch. We we talked about that on this podcast. He was absolutely a top 10 quarterback for the last two months. I know they didn't have a great season, but he
4: was. he And, was, and that's he when he started back. taking the yep. time off during the week. So it's, it, I think it does work.
2: Where did he
1: finish in your QB index last year? I
2: think he was in the 12 to 15 range by
3: the end of the season. Yeah, he was about 13. But for the second half of the season, he he would have been like 7, 8, 9.
1: One little uh, bit of Arizona news. The team re-signed veteran running back Chris Johnson to a one-year deal. The team announced Thursday Johnson is set to turn 32 in September. No longer the home run threat he once was. But he had found a little bit of a, a niche there in Arizona. He just has to stay healthy.
2: They've spent the offseason talking up Kerwin Williams too, and they moved Andre Ellington back to running back. I don't think it's it's a given that Chris Johnson is the is the primary backup to David Johnson, and there aren't going to be many carries behind David Johnson anyway. Are they concerned about his durability after what happened last season? And the, he played well the year before in Arizona, but that ended with his health issue too. I would think so. That's probably why he waited until late July to sign. The thing, the interesting thing about Chris Johnson is he's hanging on to reach 10,000 rushing yards. Mm. He needs 463 this year. I would take the under on that. I'm with I you. Would too. If you're the Cardinals, do you call up D'Angelo Williams before you make this
4: relatively boring move by re-signing Chris <laughs> Johnson? But I, is
1: D'Angelo Williams any more exciting I'm not, a I, move?
4: I, D'Angelo Williams actually, when he filled in for Le'Veon Bell – Looked fine. He looked great. I agreed. D'Angelo Williams looked like a guy that should still. Why be didn't NFL the Steelers season. sign him? Then? Right, Chris Johnson. Well, Chris
3: Johnson looked pretty good early last season when he was getting carries. He had some moments. He's he was run tough in Arizona.
1: Uh, moving on. Meanwhile, on the throne of ease, um, dot uh, spoke to a anonymous, AFC scout asking, "Hey, why is Jimmy Garoppolo still on the Patriots?" Which is a fair question. <laughs> it's a very, it's kind of a, it's it's a, a a sneaky, like very fascinating subplot in the NFL when they could have gotten so much value for the young man by now. Anyway, here's what the scout had to say. He's Bill Belichick. He doesn't give a blank. What do you think that is? F.
4: Yeah, I think it's an F.
2: Frog. I think it's an
1: S. Hmm. Okay. He doesn't give an S about what you or me or anyone else thinks. I know teams called about Garoppolo. I don't believe they were ever given a realistic price. Why? To me, the answer is simple. Bill thinks he's got the next great one. I watched his snaps. I think he could be that. Garoppolo is a great base, and his mechanics are close enough to Brady that you appreciate his willingness to learn and the coaching he's gotten there. Mark? (laughs) Why
3: did the the scout turn increasingly effeminate as the (laughs) quote went on?
1: I that's not how I was reading it. I was just reading the quarterback.
4: Really glowing over Bill and uh <laughs> and the quarterbacks. I, I, for, I love how this turned into an article I saw the headline from NFL to come. would the Browns have made the playoffs with Garoppolo? It's like well look, on. this is the kind of uh you know, turn of events good fortune that got them from number one to number two in the pain rankings. You don't land the quarterback that you should have. <laughs> and I think Were you they,
1: okay with that by the way, or is there any like I a, mean, issues it's, between us. I
4: no, there's no issues between okay, us. Good. I don't agree with, with your ranking, but it's okay. not my, my piece and okay, good. Th- th- Red will. Uh, I will say this. <laughs> I don't I don't know what the Browns have to do with this at all. I think it's I think it's good self scouting by the Patriots to not give up if this is if he's this good and they believe it, you don't give him up for nearly anything.
1: But what is what is the Patriots' plan? Honestly, what's the plan?
2: I don't think uh, they have one. I think they do. I think they have a plan. The plan is why not keep a guy who doubles as Tom Brady Insurance, the best backup quarterback in the league, and then also we can franchise him next year and either trade him or keep him depending on what plays out in the 2016 season.
1: And if you keep him, then what?
2: You keep Brady and Garoppolo. Brady makes a lot less money than he should be making, and the salary cap is booming.
1: I mean these I one know. year that's deals like, for certain
2: that? players is like a trend I think.
4: I know I, Brady's
1: getting making making a, an affordable salary for the salary cap but that's you would be tying think, up like $40 million a year. I think the, the plan
3: is wait and see. Like that's a legitimate plan that that you see where you're at at the end of the year, you see what kind of contract if they're really going to get serious about it which they weren't this year because they knew they had him under contract. What sort of creative contract could they get Jimmy Garoppolo to sign where there's Certain incentives, certain guarantees, if he plays, if he doesn't, he can get out of it maybe after one year if he doesn't get the – like, who knows? They they can figure it out.
4: I truly think that the earth, like, spun on one of its axes where a whole different reality – happened where I was up in the middle of the night early in the offseason when Jimmy G filed this Instagram post thanking Boston and thanking New England yeah. <laughs> and I like retweeted it and I was I was like everything's finally happening oh. that everything is happening and then slowly over the course of two hours it became completely fraudulent and he had no idea who got into his Instagram account and it was a complete myth Speaking by the of- time I woke up.
3: Speaking of alter- <laughs> alternate reality, I had a dream last night, this is true, that, that the Patriots were up by 10 at half. I was living in the house I grew up in with my wife, strangely. And the Patriots <laughs> were, were up <laughs> at halftime against Japan. They were facing the country of Japan, and then my parents a came known home. known football power My dad was too excited. I was like, they can still the- blow the lead. It's The game's not over yet. And that was it. This playing,
4: is like you. This is you, like twenty-two years from now. It's what <laughs> you
1: could put literally the entire Japanese population on the field, and the Patriots would still defeat them.
2: Would, uh, to put a bow tie in this Garoppolo thing, Rapsheet reported a few months. A back, bow tie. A, a bow. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> but I like the idea of it being a little tiny person. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like little honey Jones or something. <laughs> yes. Paul Simon, the old uh, senator from Minnesota, presidential candidate. Didn't he wear bow ties? <laughs> I anyway, don't know. Uh, anyway. Paul Simon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think and, you're right. <laughs> anyway, Rap Sheet reported a few months ago that the Patriots do indeed see Garoppolo as a franchise quarterback. And if you read Belichick's comments from last year when he said, it's a seamless transition when Garoppolo is under center in practice from Brady to Garoppolo, that's about as high praise as Belichick gives his own players. Mm. They have a seamless tradition uh, transition. I, I think it's pretty obvious that, that they view Garoppolo as special.
1: Um, everybody's got to calm down with the bow ties, by the way.
4: Just who's, a little bit. Who's not calm with it? I don't uh, see them around much.
1: <laughs> no, nah, they pop up now.
4: It's in style.
1: And well, it's a, yeah. Give me a, give me a tie any, any day of the week. All seven days, give me the tie.
4: There was a period in our office where there was someone that floated I around agree. in a bow tie. Like a lower-level, newsroom-type person would, would you go bow-tie once in a while. Are you yeah. naming names? This was ages ago, no. No, he still wears oh, you're there. Thinking,
1: I know exactly who you're talking oh, I about. Mean, I I then I'm
4: oh, even referencing a second oh, person hopefully who was very clearly the gone. Oh, you
1: know who wears a bow-tie sometimes? Marcus Grant over at the fantasy side. So maybe you that's, should – is that who you're referring to? Cause no, that's I'm very referring to someone who's
4: very clearly on the East Coast. I did not even say whether, I, whether or not I like that fashion trend.
1: I haven't I, seen I, you wear a bow tie. Recently. It
4: would, I would never wear one, but that, it doesn't mean that other people can't look good in it.
3: Zessler backpedaling quickly. <laughs> <You> know <laughs>
2: occasionally I was referencing someone who's on the East Coast. I don't think it. anyone in this room <laughs> it, it should be re- should be commenting on other people's sartorial choices.
1: Um, <laughs> maybe you're right about that. Uh, let's uh, do uh, you know? Let's do some odds and ends. Why not? Odds and ends. Odds and ends. Everybody loves some odds.
2: Like the gothic interpretation? What, of, what, what of the hell
3: was that? Adds and Ends is a light tune. Suddenly it sounds like Nine Inch Nails.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it does have a little of a NIN vibe to it. I don't know. No Colleen here. I just thought maybe after the seventeen-two loss just to darken it up a little bit. Pull the curtains. Pull the curtains in. Switch the lights off. Lay in bed till 3 p.m. type situation. choice. <laughs> Uh, odds and ends here we go Dante Fowler arrested on two misdemeanor charges the Jaguars pass rusher uh, 22 years old Um, according to police reports Fowler was seen punching a man after a brief verbal confrontation he then stepped on the man's glasses ooh that's some bully stuff breaking a lens according to the report Um, anyway he posted a $650 bond we'll see uh, what this means both in terms of any uh, legal Action in terms of court dates and also whether the NFL acts on it. The Jaguars, why do you make it so hard for us to love you? Come on.
3: Mm. If you look at the Roto World posts, there's a few interesting ones. One, the, the post immediately before this incident was defensive coordinator. Dante Fowler has matured a lot. Oof. Here's a trope alert. Todd Wash. And then uh, a little bit afterwards was that he has 10. This is only traffic. Like, it's not a big deal. But how do you get – he has 10 traffic tickets in the last 16 months. I just figured – I'm not, like, I'm not
4: judging him. That's just hard to do to get 10. Like, how do you get 10 in 14 months? I think there were were whispers coming out from people that know the team and cover the team that this is a guy taking third in the draft. And if you didn't know Mike Williams had a back issue – they did not know a lot about Dante Fowler apparently because he has been, I think, a, an issue inside the building in terms of his maturity. So maybe that was a pointed comment trying to get him in that right direction. But there are all there are other arrests attached to this guy too.
3: Yes, that's a red flag. I mean, if you have kids and you live in his neighborhood, it's like he doesn't care. He he's just he's going a hundred and twenty <laughs> <Wow>. every time. <laughs> Just to just. Just say to get 10, that means you are speeding every single time you are in a car. You are
2: going double the speed limit because it's pretty hard to get a traffic. ticket. Dante Fowler, a threat to your children, <laughs> says Greg Rosenthal. <laughs>
1: um, just a reminder, everyone, this is Odds and Ends. We want to. Oh, yeah. Pick oh, up the sorry. A little bit. But uh, just sorry. you mentioned the car. Greg, do you want to talk about your car experience <laughs> at all? Because I'm fascinated <laughs> by it. what Greg bought a new car. Yeah, uh, he did the entire negotiation via email. Yeah, I decided, I didn't even know it was a thing that you could do. I, wow. d-
3: I didn't either. I decided I was going to try it out. I've had such bad experiences going to car places, feeling like they're boning you. They keep you there for eight hours, then you're just exasperated. I'm like, I'm not going into this place until I work this thing out. And I, it's much easier to know what to say and be a little more of a jerk maybe and do it all over email. So we went in there once to just kind of look at it, but then, you know, had his email address on it and it was all good.
1: Other Other fun facts associated with this purchase. Um, I mean, car- I got this car, you know, let, for like less than the price I even asked. He got it for a good value. He, think, think, is this a red flag to a couple things? The car was under factory recall for over a month. <laughs> Number two, Greg comes in on email, as we talked about, with an offer. And then the guy comes back and offers less than what Greg's <laughs> offer. was. Well, Do You well the- think it's possible they're desperately trying yes. to unload this death machine?
3: Well, that was after a long buildup you know, to that last email. And then I hit him with the hammer, which was that, look – and, you know, this recall, you know, I mentioned like the recall. No one no one wants this car right now. And then I was saying I can get it for this price at the other. You know, we got the toasted marshmallow color over at another place. I just prefer yours because it's closer.
4: And then they came it back the with it. This is a car that you purchased for your wife and children. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was, yeah I did. asked Greg if he popped the trunk to check if they gave you two body bags as well <laughs> in the machine. Uh, anyway. And
3: recalls <laughs> happen, you know. <laughs>
1: Um, all right, odds and ends. Quick here. Uh, Pac-Man Jones suspended one game for violating the game- league's personal mm. conduct policy. He pled guilty to a second-degree misdemeanor in May, stemming from an early January incident uh, in a Cincinnati hotel. I wonder if he has
3: set the record in terms of the time between his first NFL suspension and his last NFL suspension. Mm. I was
4: going to say, it feels like, like a story th- from 2007 13,
3: or I think it's about 12, 13 years now. That's a pretty big gap. Wow.
1: He's almost 34 years old. Uh, he's kind of unkillable Still a bad NFL. boy very much a bad boy. Um, there used to be someone when I worked at Walgreens uh, in Pearl River uh, in my teenage years, I uh, used to be in charge of changing the sign out front where you had to have like a big pole with a suction cup and it'd be like 12 degrees out and I'm like saying you know toilet paper on sale and I have to spell it out and get it correct. Anyway, <laughs> there was a, a guy that worked next door at the shop right, the supermarket. Um, he worked in the butcher's department and he was like an upperclassman. Uh, he was like a, a a senior and he drove like a green Camaro and he always parked it diagonal in the parking lot to take up two spots so no one could park close to his car. Come on. Which it was always a douche move. Yeah, uh, And then the he, least. he had a big sticker on the back windshield and it was like, I don't know. Remember when like it was like the Calvin and Hobbes, and then YouTube the oh, people yeah. that had like Calvin peeing on uh, Hobbes or something, peeing on a Chevrolet or a Ford, like depending
2: that. on your affiliation. So it's
1: something like that, and then the message was "badass boys drive badass toys."
2: <laughs>
4: well,
3: <laughs> well, that's he, he was overcompensating. That's so on Greg's remember. car as well, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Chevy
1: Bolt, is it?
2: Chevy Spark. She- as a former, still so,
1: you like that? You have that? Would you get that on your car? Uh, yeah, no. Okay. As a former Absolutely supermarket
2: not. employee, I can tell you that the bad boys in the supermarket do work in the meat department. Mm. They're the butchers. <laughs> I also worked in this in
4: a supermarket. Quite a bizarre first employment.
1: Were you a badass boy?
4: No, I think my mom dropped me off to eat and <laughs> picked me up before and after each shift. So I don't think I've qualified.
1: In uh, other legal news, uh, O.J. Simpson got paroled yesterday. Uh, the uh, Hall of Famer uh, and um, you know O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Uh, he had been in jail for nine years for a robbery at a Vegas hotel. Uh, He will be released later in the fall. I just want to share one quick quote here from O.J. during his parole hearing. Nobody ever accused me of pulling any weapon on them. I would never, ever pull a weapon on anybody.
2: Uh, Didn't the state of California accuse him of pulling a weapon?
1: I believe they did, Wes. Okay. I believe they did. Uh, moving on, Derek Carr predicts another 30-sack season for Khalil Mack. Uh, he predicted that last year as well, and Mack went from 15 to 11. So just by going uh same type of process, he'll have seven, then three, and then be out of football in three years. Way to go, Derek Carr.
4: I mean, he was vaguely kidding, I think, when he made this prediction, but, uh, you know, that's a very foreboding for uh- – for Mac. And well, fu- it's great
3: for the you know the Ra- the Raiders to have two great young stars like that. that oh
4: yeah,
1: identify oh. them. Oh. Tremendous! Stars. What a team! Tremendous! There you go, Sully, so You're getting it. <laughs> He's all over it now. Um, and finally, in odds and ends, uh, the Lions have decided to do away with their playoff banners. Did you know that the Lions, because the Colts got got a lot of heat for this when they had um, AFC finalist, which essentially or literally means they went to the AFC Championship game and got their ass kicked by the Patriots. Um, But the Lions were doing it for every time they advanced to the playoffs. So, for instance, in 2014, uh, when they had a one-and-done, they put up a banner. They were scheduled to put up a banner uh, for last season when they lost 26-6 in the wild-card round. They have a $100 million renovation at Ford Field, Mm. and uh, one of the uh, team brass announced we we didn't see any point in putting them back up. Eh, Probably a good takeaway.
4: Bad move by Brass, because I would really? say... Wait, no, I like I liked the idea of getting rid of them, absolutely. The idea of making an announcement about it, because you get all this fresh wave of stories that remind everyone how awful the Lions have been for over half a century.
1: In, in the defense of this um, Brass, his name is Rod Wood. He's the team president. He was giving a tour to media members of the renovation, and my guess is that someone might have looked up and said, hey, where are the banners? And then he revealed it. I think that's how it played out.
2: All right. Well, good for good for Wood. That is a franchise in pain. A lot of pain.
1: Uh, that's what's happening in the news. New Era. Oh. Do we love New Era. New Era's NFL training collection has a great combination of innovative performance and style, with features like UV protection, moisture wicking, and cooling technology, there's no reason you shouldn't make the new era NFL training collection a part of your daily attire. Available at retailers like Lids, NFLShop.com, and yes, the White Whale, Dick's Sporting Goods. All in your favorite team. Let's move on. Live from
4: Culver City, California, it's America's favorite game show.
1: What's more likely? Ah, yes. Oh, we need to get some applause at the end of that. It's good to hear Um, Gold Standard, though. Oh, yeah. What's he up to?
4: Tweeting about soccer a couple days ago.
1: Sean Spicer and soccer are, are two of his uh, big topics this morning <laughs> I've seen. Um, he's,
3: got, he's got his uh, you know, business that he's running.
1: He's got a whole thing going on. Uh, we love the Gold Standard. He's
2: a guy you never have to worry about. Yeah, that's fair.
1: But I do. It's like a, a little duckling flying away. <laughs> you know, you you believe that they they're in the right position to succeed. But of course, there's always a part of you that says, "God, I hope he's okay."
3: He he is the co-founder of Common Goal, which I believe is a consulting.
2: Business. We should call him up and call Sid up one day. Get, okay. a, get an update. You know.
1: Oh, I thought you were saying like to set them up. No, just
2: no, no, no. Just like get an update on their lives on the podcast. I think they'd be a great couple, to be honest.
1: I like that idea better. I, ah. I, the update on their lives thing is fun, but imagine if we got them together, things took off a little bit, and then all of a sudden there was an ATN podcast wedding of two <laughs> Mount Rushmore producers. Lasit
4: a- is in L.A. this weekend, by the way. Yeah, another this possibility for that
3: is we get Sully and K. Rich together. <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: chemistry.
1: <laughs> I it. We got a lot of rom-coms we're spinning wow. here. That is an exlo- explosive the, couple right the there. Next,
4: Assuming next. Sully gets our Stitcher back power <laughs> <laughs> the only way to get it back is an
1: elaborate ruse. that would be there have been like worse Sarah Jessica Parker rom-coms if if we basically had Sully make a move and make a play on our ex producer crystal be a tough sell but it was all about Sully getting close enough to get the stitcher award back
2: oh
4: oh yeah I'd I, Let's
2: move on. But, but that th- would be that that that'd be that dark end show. of not a- <laughs> not not the matchmaker game show. Let's let's keep going.
4: Act 2 would end where he'd have to re- she'd find out about this yes. whole plot but he had actually fallen in love with yeah, her oh,
2: genuinely yeah, and yeah. so he's
4: got to say I don't care about the stitcher yes. award and like we don't get it in the end. But, so, like, so there's a sequel.
2: Yes. Matt Dillon and that Tyler character and something about Mary where they're both like up to no good.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, basically they both fall for each other right when she's like head over heels she finds out yep. about the stitcher situation. Maybe sully has got it sticking out of his pocket one day. <laughs> She's and just he's just
2: like, happy to see her.
4: And yeah.
1: then, yeah, at the end of the movie, they end up together. And we get the Stitcher Award back. That, Boom. And that's part of it, too. <laughs> Great film. Uh, anyway, what's more likely? It's an either-or game. Uh, this is the training camp edition of what's more likely. So we'll go around the horn a couple times here uh, with um, two situations, and we have to choose which one is uh, more likely to happen. Mark, get us going.
4: All right, this one has a couple options, not just two, but it's this. Now, is, this
1: before you go on, is this going to be more like a Qualis to Fantasia, or no, more like is, a what's more? No, this like? is
4: a. I don't know what the difference between those two are at all, but <laughs> that's it's kind this of is, the problem. This is this is pretty like football pure here. Okay, because it's a, it's something that's on my radar and has been for 20 years Ooh. about the preseason. Every year we get some from the wilderness team that takes the preseason way too seriously and goes like four and zero, destroying <laughs> opponents week after week. This invariably creates all sort of tedious win from analysts who fall hard for this cipher of a team bound to still go like six and ten in the regular season, who's more likely to be that false flag operation this August: the Rams, 49ers, Jaguars, or Bills?
1: Okay, What's more likely.
4: You nailed it. Pure football. No, that was absolutely. Perfect. That's perfect. Not that. Am I wrong about that? I feel like that happens every year. Like one of these te- I'll never forget, like 89 like the Colts went 4 and 0 and people were predicting them to beat the Niners in the, the opener thing. and they lost like 44 to 10 and won like two more games. The, the Chip season.
3: Kelly Sam Bradford year Eagles was certainly a candidate. Infamously
1: for that. the 2008 Lions went 4 and 0 in the preseason and 16 in the regular season. Okay. So give me those teams one more time, Mark. The
4: Rams? Yep. The 49ers? Yep. The Jaguars or the Bills?
1: Well, here I'm going to say the Jags are the most likely. Uh, you're saying for people to get ex- too excited about the team, um, because they've been teasing uh, the football cognoscenti for a couple of years now, and if they ever had a three and one, four and zero preseason, and Blake Bortles is playing well, people are going to be saying this is it. This is their division. Uh, it's finally coming together. Blake, Bortles, I'm assuming Blake Bortles will look good if they have a nice preseason.
3: Right, he's had some good preseasons before too. <laughs> yep, where yep. He gets people excited. So, so a good answer.
1: Um, I would put them above uh, the other three teams.
2: I think the Rams are an interesting candidate here. A young, eager head coach maybe goes, puts out a little more effort, goes all out, doesn't doesn't really hold back on the preseason as much. And we've seen quarterbacks like Jared. Brandon Whedon would have a 130 passer rating in the preseason. It would not surprise me if Jared Goff looks phenomenal against vanilla defense.
3: Right. I'm going to say the Rams, too, just because I can imagine – they want to build up Goff's confidence, so maybe they do as much as they can to really make him look good in the preseason, build some excitement, maybe sell some tickets, make him feel good.
4: The Rams were the first team that came to mind. I also think the Niners – because the Niners – they, I don't think the Shanahan. He's he's not a naive. He's he's been around the block. He's not going to intentionally try to win preseason games necessarily, but they could look very polished, and people could say maybe this Niners team is ready to take a jump. You know, Hoyer and Shanahan have worked well together before. Blah blah blah, and then you know, bang, four and twelve.
1: I used to really get a kick out of how seriously uh, Rex Ryan took the Snoopy Bowl. <laughs> oh yeah, Jets Giants game. It actually ruined Mark Sanchez's career. That's how much Rex Ryan cared about. Uh, winning the Snooper Bowl, Uh, but uh, Wes, you're up.
2: Yeah, he'd be going to Canton otherwise, Sanchez.
1: (laughs) He would have been the (laughs) starter that year.
2: What's more likely to happen, an obviously rejuvenated Adrian Peterson operating in a high-octane offense tempts fantasy drafters into gambling a top-20 pick on him, Mm. or an obviously rejuvenated Todd Gurley operating in a rejuvenated Rams offense tempts fantasy leaguers to use a top 20 pick on him
3: I'll go Gurley for sure because a I don't think we'll see Peterson in August you know much so wherever he's at now people are going to start getting excited and we'll hear some good practice reports but I can see Gurley we were just talking about the Rams having a really nice preseason run or two that gets people going because people want to believe in Todd Gurley
4: the only thing is that with fantasy, yes, we're around all these like fantasy experts and people that take the game so seriously that if there is buzz around Adrian Peterson. Like a huge chunk of people that play fantasy that are more casual fans, he's been in their lives forever, and they might just say, yes, I'm going Adrian Peterson on this Saints offense. I, I'll go Adrian Peterson.
1: Um, Yeah, the Peterson hype train is rolling pretty hard right now, uh, and they're going to use him sparingly, I think. Uh, which will work out in his favor. And also for fantasy owners who won't have much to work off, I'm going to go with Peterson. we got to see what's going on with Todd Gurley at this point. What's going on with you, Todd? I
4: don't think he's going to answer during the show.
3: we,
1: we got to find out about Todd Gurley this year.
3: I like him a little more after <laughs> all or nothing. Uh, you could really feel that he cared about winning about as much as anyone on that team and w- w- had some leadership qualities to him,
1: which I liked. Uh, if you're um, – hit hit me up on Twitter if you guys are – if the listeners are interested in the uh, talking about All or Nothing that season. Greg and I had a conversation about it, the possibility of talking about that show at some point, but I don't know if anybody cares. That's the whole thing. Anybody, if you care, hit me up. Here's another recommendation. If you're kind
3: of on the fence about it, just watch the last four episodes. Those four episodes rank with me of any – Hard knock season or any other sort of fo- look into football because it was so unique. But you could you could almost miss the entire. It's a rough. Part.
4: It's a rough couple episodes to get into. So I will follow your advice.
1: Uh, moving on. What's
4: more likely?
1: Uh, Deshaun Watson starts the third game of the preseason, or Mitch Trubisky starts the third game of the preseason.
2: Oh, I think it's easily Deshaun Watson. Tom Savage does not seem like a guy who's going to be hard to beat out. If Deshaun Watson shows that he's ready to play, I think he could enter the league as a starter. I don't, I just can't see a guy with 13 college starts like Mitch Trubisky beating out Mike Glennon. I don't see that as a as any kind of legitimate possibility. I think barring disaster,
4: they've already essentially given Mike Glennon the starting job. That we could see Trubisky, but it'd be late in the year when the Bears, when the wheels have totally fallen off that team, which is very possible.
1: Isn't it also should be stated the Bears are a highly unpredictable entity yeah, right now. They are.
3: Crazier yes. things have happened, including the Mitch Trubisky trade was a crazier thing that happened. Like the fact that they gave up all of that for him is crazier I'd than I'd be them. shocked. I but I would be shocked too, so I'm gonna go with Deshaun Watson, who would who also, you know, we're not college experts, but would seem more likely to really impress and pick things up quickly in the first few weeks of training camp. Greg. All right. What's What's
0: more likely?
3: What's more likely? Brandon Albert, left tackle of the Jaguars. Little tackle talk? Gets cut at the end of training camp after being a pain all offseason. Or Jamal Charles, future Hall of Famer, in my mind, gets cut at the end of training camp. Or Carlos Hyde (laughs) as a surprise cut. Heard this one from a little... uh, Little birdie, insider, or Brock Osweiler gets cut at the end of training camp. Wow. That's (laughs) a lot of oars. Yeah, well, I just figured, well, let's throw some names in here. Okay. Probably getting kind of left out Albert. Not a lot of sizzle. Yeah,
1: I don't... <laughs> yeah you led with him too, which is fun.
2: <laughs> I don't know if I'm really close enough to the operations of any of these teams to hazard an educated guess, but, oh, I, stop. but I'll, I'll approach it from this way. Carlos Hyde is the least likely of those four to be released. I also think you could – Not the question. Can I answer <laughs> well, the question? I honestly have no idea who's more likely but to be We don't have any, idea of...
1: any of these answers.
2: I mean, you'd have to have – I don't know. Never mind. Go ahead. Someone else can take this.
1: Wow, he's passing on it. He's, he's passing on it.
2: I just, I can't possibly hazard a guess. I don't know. Scientist, he'd haven't had this. Like, I don't problem. know what Jamal Charles' knees look like. I'll, I'll go
4: Charles because he, and it would be in a circumstance where we want this guy. He doesn't cost. You're not costing us much money, and he's on a one-year deal. But he just doesn't look himself. That if it plays out that way, he would be gone. Hyde, I think you could trade Hyde. You could at least try to get someone to get to, to get something for him before releasing him.
1: Hard to trade, but. Could happen. Brandon Albert's done. <laughs> Just want to mix it up here. <laughs> hey, there you, you met with Albert? I'm going to gonna say Albert's done. He's a big he's a pain in the keister, as they say.
3: No one going with, with Brock. I mean, I, f- I feel like all that talk about well, him slow down, might not you, even make the team. No,
1: wait, slow down, though, because you, you put in so many oars. Everyone forgot about Brock. No, the, you're stepping on a potential what's more likely down the line now mm. involving that very gentleman. Mm. Would you mind if we could just no? Let's just stop push Brett pause for a little while. <laughs> <Let's> just
4: <laughs> dig in a little.
1: Let's hit pause and we're going to come back to Brock Osweiler. All right, Mark.
4: I will try another one. What's more was-
1: likely? Greg, we're sorry that didn't work out that one. You seem to be hurt <laughs> that that one didn't work I, out. I so. found it thought provoking. I, I thought it was fine. fine. I thought it was fun.
2: I had to think about of those four options my
1: yeah, answer. I liked it. Wes hated it, but Well, I just
2: that's all. I, I had a hard time coming up with a strong opinion on it.
1: Yeah. I Oof. just
4: <laughs> I feel very strongly that Jamal Charles is done in Denver. <laughs> no, I don't. All right. So, here we go. What's more likely for the first time in history, we are in total lockstep with regards to the team of ATL by the end of the preseason? and do something incredibly balls-ish and pick that team and don't look back before week one.
1: Balls-ish or ballsy?
4: I wrote ballsy, and then I just switched to balls-ish, and I capitalized-ish, so I wouldn't say balls Put a bow tie on it. Put a little bow tie on that. <laughs> or rookie Deshaun Watson becomes the unquestioned starter for Bill O'Brien's Texans when black ops government agents rush to the scene <laughs> in Houston after quarterback Tom Savage suddenly freezes up during a training camp practice. As smoke pours from a malfunctioning robotic left eye on Savage's synthetic melting face, teammates stand in shock as the Gov agents wrap Savage in a fiberglass body bag and cart his body away to a secret cave system 25 miles east of Austin. Hmm. That sounds unlikely, but I think the top one is even (laughs) more unlikely.
1: (laughs) Can I say I really feel strongly, and we'll get into the team of ATL nominations uh, next month, I feel really strongly about us picking it before the season this year.
2: I do feel like we're more in lockstep
3: I this do. year than previous years. I do too, Dan. I cuz I like there's a lot of teams I like and uh, I think we can get it done and I just like the idea of it. If we need to change it up
1: a little bit, I like the idea of picking a horse
3: and riding. I do it. too.
1: Mm. I've never we've never had this many Tom Savage references on the podcast without the Tom Savage. Tom is Savage real is real. Well, in this it. case though, that that Drop would be done forever
3: because it would be proven. In fact, he's not really real. He's a cyborg.
4: He's really fake.
1: Yeah, I think he's a creation. Well, that's a, that's a larger question, Greg, because a cyborg is uh, a mixture of human <laughs> and synthetic <laughs> parts. So was he built in Gil Brandt's basement?
4: Well, that's a great question. It's a mystery. Stuff. Yeah, I
3: think the savage part's more likely to answer the question because this. I'm not really into conspiracies, but this is one that, look, frankly, we were all over a long time ago. Is this guy, it, something
1: strange about this guy, Tom Savage. Is Talk he about
4: real? putting a bow tie on something. that would be the end of that, this whole yeah. narrative. Yeah. Decisively.
1: I think James Cameron, definitely in uh, Terminator 2, he would have a take on Tom Savage. Because if you remember, Arnold's character definitely forms a bond with the young uh, John Connor. Absolutely. He he cr- does he cry at the end of TV? There's some humanity shown. So is is the Terminator real? No, no, no. Moving on, Wes. <laughs> What's more likely?
2: Andrew Luck plays in three preseason games, mm. or Marty Herney signs six players to contract extensions? <laughs> 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 You had to make that number
3: awfully high, but I guess I'm going to go Herney because I can't imagine Luck playing three preseason games, and Herney's already got one done. He's going to do Thomas Davis. He's got Greg Olson. He'll probably sign, like, the janitor to a couple-year deal. (laughs) You know, he's just like walking around. Extensions, right? It
4: would be larger Type extension, yes. like every, Ernie. Ernie. yeah, all the Panthers players, are like, oh, we
3: love it. Old Uncle Marty's back because he's just walking through the hallway with a huge bag of cash, like throwing it in the air. Santa Claus, like, we love you, Marty.
2: Bags Oprah. of gold. Oprah, you get you get a contract extension. You get a contract extension.
1: <laughs> exactly. I think. Um, hmm. Why why wouldn't Luck play three? Let's do the games? math. Let's do the math. Okay. The Colts start their preseason on August thirteenth. Today is july twenty first, so that is approximately three and a half weeks. I, He's not gonna play week four of the preseason. Right. He's not gonna uh, play week one. So he has to so he has to be there for week one for this to work, hmm. which means Andrew, Andrew Luck's not playing a live football game in three and a half weeks. He's not even throwing, right?
3: We don't know. I, I think we
4: see him week two and three.
3: Based on the information we yeah. have, if I had to put an over/under on it, I know that's not allowed in these parts. Uh, I would say one is my over/under for Andrew Luck starts.
2: All right, fair enough. But who
3: knows? This is another one we're no, just guessing. No, I, I
2: think you're right that in order to make it the preseason week one, he would be throwing by now.
1: Um. Yeah, there's a chance you could set it at like half. He might not. We might not see Andrew Luck, and then you wonder. If that's the case, is there any way he starts? Is he a pup candidate? Another major subplot to watch, Mark (laughs) Cecil.
4: Okay, I will track it.
1: Let's move on. What's more likely? All right, this is a depressing one, but uh, uh, it's for the fans of the losing franchises in this room. Josh McCown breaks camp as the Jets' week one starter, or Brock Osweiler breaks camp as the Browns' week one starter. What's more likely?
2: Oh, McCown. By far, I think it, Osweiler is more likely to get released than start Week One. There's just been no buzz
4: about Osweiler at all.
2: I thought there was, Except there was from Osweiler all, well, himself.
3: from I, our from our neck of the woods, actually, from me and our NFL Network insiders. Uh,
2: that's been like three months, hasn't it? I just think that if
4: anyone is going to start for Cleveland, that wasn't. That it, they, I think that Cody Kessler's in theory your safe pick. I don't know what that means, but Kaiser would have a chance if he played well to jump in there. I just don't. I think Osweiler right now is number three in that. Where when it comes to McCown. If you don't – if McCown looks competent and he is a competent quarterback and the other two Jets quarterbacks do not and there's – in any scenario that they don't put Josh McCown out there for week one, they have – that coaching staff is going to have so many questions to answer. It's going to be awful by the end of,
1: of September for them. But we all agree that they're tanking the season.
4: They, yes, I, I think so. we all agree that. But the Jets coaches can't show that like before week one that they put Christian Hackenberg in. Mm. I just don't. I don't. I think you. I think it's 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 too openly fraudulent at that point. You have to roll with, with McCown for the start of the year. They I gave th- him a lot of money.
3: I think when the I'm not a not that much. I'm not a McCown believer at this stage. But I think when it's real football starts, he'll just be better than Christian Hackenberg. When there's real pass rush and preseason, games. he's not gonna be great, but I mean, he'll just be better than Christian Hackenberg, and so he'll play. The last four. Christian
4: Hackenberg
1: is real. Maybe uh, the last four Osweiler Roto World updates for the for the record, Hugh Osweiler has done a good job. Brock Osweiler says he expects to start. Osweiler impressing teammates at Browns OTAs. Osweiler working hard on his quote fundamentals.
4: None, of, see none of that to me adds up to any real juice on Osweiler.
2: You want me to give you a preview of the next Roto World alert? Yes. Brock Osweiler released. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get some more.
1: He'll get some stuff. in the I game. think, for the record, I think he's going to start Week One. I think it's going to happen. I think they want him to start for some reason. I think they they believe in him. Well,
4: well, why do you think about why do you think it that more than other players on other quarterbacks on the team? I don't. I've just not heard
1: that. I I feel like there's been some buzz around him. I think you want him to start. <laughs> <laughs> I would like that. To should th- be a Roto World blurb. I got I you know the RG three starting for the Browns was kind of peak. Uh, like miserable veterans starting for the Browns, nothing will really top that. So I don't have a real. This is pretty close. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to this. You're wishing misery upon them. No, just get him out of the way. Uh, He'll he'll move out quickly, just like Josh McCown. Uh, But I think we're going to see, you don't think we're, am I the only one that thinks Brock Osweiler is going to start games this year? Yes. Okay. I think he's going to start some games. I don't know. I would be, no. Well, they had oh.
4: six players play quarterback last year, so yeah. it's not out of the realm of possibility would, at all. He could definitely if start If he makes
3: game. the team, I kind of expect, I feel like he'll either get released before it even starts and or he'll end up starting a couple games at some
2: point. They'll have three different players start a quarterback. Why would you keep Brock Osweiler as your number three quarterback?
1: Can I tell you why?
3: $16 million. You're right. I mean, I don't know.
1: Can I tell you why? See a lot of teams in the playoffs last year.
2: <laughs> 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 there you go. Didn't lead a (laughs) team to damn anything.
1: Uh, All right,
3: Greg. All right. We're going to interrupt this game for a little breaking news. Oh, yeah. The NFL Players Association recently filed to the NFL that Ezekiel Elliott and his representatives, what they hope is a final response to their investigation. The NFL is wrapping up its investigation of Ezekiel Elliott incidents after a, oh more than a year. This is from Ian Rappaport and Tom Pellicero. How about Pellicero getting in there with the double trouble insider uh, news? Ian don't like it. So uh, essentially, the news is the discipline is coming soon. I guess. With that in mind, what's more likely? Let's just let's just incorporate it all. What's more likely? Ezekiel Elliott gets suspended one game or Ezekiel Elliott gets suspended more games than that. Or if you want, Ezekiel Elliott gets doesn't get suspended at all.
1: Brandon Albert gets suspended. <laughs> Conduct <laughs> detrimental to the team. Uh he he'll probably get a game, right? Isn't that what the the Schefter report was? Uh I'm sure I don't know how this stuff works, but the the fact that then he had more a bar fight on top of it, and then the, the speeding ticket came out and, and all this stuff. I think the NFL is just going to be like, whoa, this guy needs a little bit. He, he needs to get uh, an official demerit here just to maybe slow him down. Uh, so they're going to hit him with a one-gamer, which is not the end of the world. Not great, obviously.
2: I'll sign up for one game. I can't predict what Roger Goodell is going to do with suspension.
3: <sighs> I can predict it's going to be a lot of Zeke Elliott and Cowboys as if our network or any other networks need an excuse to talk Cowboys. They and the Cardinals are in camp a week before everyone else. So it's basically Cowboys TV starting Monday when inside training camp
2: starts mm. live.
4: That's what they like. like. I'm going to go zero games just to be different. I have no inside knowledge on
2: this. I thought you were going breaking news that Anquan Bolden is visiting the Bills. Oh, didn't even know that hey, one. Come on, bud. I thought you wanted to play for a contender.
3: That'd be a nice signing for them. They could use it. They could use him.
1: If you're Anquan Bolden. Yeah, useless signing. Print. With all due respect, Anquan Bolden. I know this for a fact because when I see, whenever I see an athlete that's born the same year as me, it sticks in my mind. Anquan Bolden was born in 1980. He's 37 years old. What are you going? You're 37 years old. You're getting, getting beat up for 15 years in the NFL. You're going to go to Buffalo? You made a lot of money in this league. Li- I'm not going to tell a man to retire.
3: <laughs> you <laughs> love the saying. game.
1: They love the game. It's the type of attitude we could use on the Shield. Well, There's you're damn that love right about that. You're damn right about that, Greg. <laughs> We could use a full few more Anquan Boldens on the shield. In fact, Anquan.
4: <laughs> you got, you want to play for a contender? This yeah. team's in the playoffs.
1: Southern California, nice weather, uh, free beer.
3: Yeah, we were talking. How about Pablo Sandoval? He's looking for work. Come on over, Panda. <laughs> Who loses his spot?
1: Listen, we'll, we could cross that bridge when we get to <laughs> it.
4: Veteran minimum contract?
1: Um. Okay. Good game. Good what's more likely, guys. Um foursome um, we'll sign off for now but I will say a couple things Uh, yes we are next week is our final week of two shows per week so if you are a big fan of the podcast and if you are you are an excellent person uh, you should know that effective I believe July 31st it is um, we will be doing three shows a week straight through hell the draft
4: basically Starting well, up again, even beyond the draft. Did, I mean, we didn't do go to 2 until June. So, in, you know, for an, a solid 10 and a half, 11 months. Buckle yeah. up,
1: Sassler. Yeah, yeah, about you, to I'm go ready. flying. You know,
4: you got that post-Super Bowl week or two where we might drop it back, but
3: other than that, it's basically on. I Oh, I did the math. I counted up the weeks. I figured it out, you know. You you always say, "Oh, we're not really halfway through the season at various <laughs> points." Right. The week the the season through the Super Bowl is 28 weeks. Week 1 starts on Monday. 28 weeks long. Huzzah! That's it it officially.
2: Keep grinding, (laughs) Sessler. I am prepared this time. And we haven't
3: started. (laughs)
1: So it starts
3: at? On Monday. I'm going up to Cowboys camp actually on Monday. Oxnard? Oxnard. And training camp is is off and running. Who are you
1: reporting for when you're going to be up there? Now, we've got to be very quiet. Up in the clearing, we have the incredibly rare NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. Oh, Crikey, i scared it away. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we bleeped out Crikey. <laughs> is that a- right? Who did that? Did you do that song? No. <laughs> the guy who sent it might have beeped it out. Yeah. Is, is that like an F-bomb in Australia?
2: No, I think it was F-Crikey. Yeah, there was a
4: word that came before oh, Crikey.
1: Oh, I thought Crikey got bleeped. No. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. We went through them, Sully and I, because the listeners that, and by the way, listeners, keep sending them. We got a bunch of them uh, back in the Sydney days of NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal submissions, and then they kind of dried up. Mm. We went through a bunch of them. Uh, Sully, we did not ha- hold back. We tossed a lot of them. We that, did. you know, We whacked about half of them. Yeah, we can't. Some are good. Some are not good. And if you don't hear yours, you could probably uh, figure it out where oh. you came down. <laughs> wow. So, uh, but just keep trying. doesn't mean to quit yeah. unless it was really bad. Then don't try anymore. <laughs> but, and you'll probably know even as you send it off. It's like this probably isn't going to be very good. <laughs> <laughs> if you're one of those people, just give up. But if you if you're a creative person, like whoever sent that,
4: if other people are telling you you're creative, not just if you assume yourself that you're creative. Yeah.
1: Let's let's start there. Your mom too. If your mom's saying you're creative, that's good and she's supportive. Take it with a grain of salt. But great, that's great that great that holds woman, no but, weight. Yeah. Right. We're talking about people outside your s- direct support circle that are telling you you're talented. Right. <laughs> Those are the people we're looking for, <laughs> for free How many
2: submissions do you expect to receive after this lecture? <laughs> well.
1: <No? laughs> just, I think being honest with the audience is always a prudent course. All right. And we will figure – we're going to get to it. The 5,000th uh, Reddit um, listener uh, or subscriber, we're going to hand out a prize. i got to talk to some shadowy league figures to figure out what we can – Giveaway, uh, and we have to talk as a group about it. Uh, But that's coming, it's almost 6,000 people now. But keep signing up, you put you into the running for whatever the prize will be. Okay, now let's go. Stan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and Sully behind the glass till Tuesday.